0: Christian Heritage Ministry in cooperation with Fuller Seminary proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles Eiffel. My journey, my Lord, I'm on my journey, my Lord,
1: I'm on my journey, on my journey home. If religion was a thing that money could buy, the rich would live and the poor would die. But I've got a title to a mansion on high, and I'm on my journey home. My Lord, I'm on my journey, my Lord, I'm on my
0: journey, my Lord, I'm on my journey, my Lord, on, my
1: journey on my journey home. I'm a sometimes And I'm sure no one can turn me round Because I'm on my journey home my Lord, on my, journey.
2: my Lord, I'm on my journey My Lord,
0: I'm on my journey My Lord, I'm on my journey On my journey home
3: Miss Barbara Burge was the soloist on that number.
0: Oh, how well I remember in the old-fashioned days When some old-fashioned people had some old-fashioned ways In the old-fashioned meetings as they tarried there In the old-fashioned manner how God answered their prayer was an old-fashioned meeting in an old-fashioned place Where some old-fashioned people had some old-fashioned ways save me in the old-fashioned way. There was singing, such singing of those old-fashioned prayers. There was power, such power in those old-fashioned prayers. And old-fashioned
3: Heavenly sunshine, and especially around this Christmas season now, you ought to do just double your best and really send it out And just sing through the first time. Be sure and turn around and shake hands with as many as possible. All together, really lift it up now. Heavenly sunshine, heaven. turn around, shake hands with as many as possible. Saw one man in the back, he hasn't smiled yet. Now, come on, everybody, with a smile and really sing heavenly sunshine. And perhaps he'll break into a smile before the meeting is over. All right, he's smiling now. Be seated, please. Friends of the radio audience, I want to tell you what an inspiration it is for us to receive your wonderful letters of encouragement, urging us to carry on our mission to bring to lost souls the glorious gospel message and assuring us of your cooperation in this soul-saving ministry. You know, the Lord has given us a great privilege in proclaiming the gospel by means of this radio broadcast. And we earnestly urge that all true believers join us in this fellowship. Let us hear from you this week, especially those of you who have not written us recently.
0: of my Redeemer, redeemer, Jesus the Lamb for for sinners slain. Seeking the lost and pointing to Jesus, souls that are weak and hearts that are sore, leading them forth in ways of salvation, showing the I'm on, rolling apart. Mm-hmm.
3: From today, Lord willing, we will have come to the end of 27 years of continuous radio broadcasting. We're going to have a little celebration four weeks from today here in the Municipal Auditorium. And I just want to thank you who have stood by so faithfully all these years. But more than that, I'm thankful to our Heavenly Father for his faithfulness. 27 years of continuous radio broadcasting is quite some spell, isn't it? Quite a, quite a long time. But all they've been happy years. And we've had the wonderful privilege of sending out the greatest story of all ages. The good news of salvation in Christ. And we thank God for the thousands that have been saved. You know, it would just gladden our hearts at the close of this program if you'd just sit down and write us a letter. That's the way we know that you're listening in. And now in this number by the chorus choir, my home sweet home, the quartet will be composed of Beth Farnham, Colleen Wilson, Ray Dahl, and Lee Forrest.
0: Walking along life's road one day, I heard a voice.
3: Going to hear from someone that stood by faithfully all these years. Go ahead, honey. Mrs. Fuller with the letters.
2: Well, greetings, friends. I have some good letters for you today. From Detroit, a lady writes Dear Reverend Fuller, after four years of listening to your program and receiving countless blessings, I have finally been moved to write to you. It was during your broadcast that I raised my hand at your invitation for prayer. Now I know that you couldn't see my hand, but God did, and he saved me. I was twenty-seven years old before I ever heard of the plan of salvation, and I was very much confused at first. But the day that I turned earnestly and sincerely to the Lord, he heard and answered my prayer. And my husband, who was saved six months before I was, is now studying for the ministry. Words just can't express what your hour has meant to me in the past. Dear Mr. Fuller, the enclosed for our favorite hour is in memory of my beloved husband who went to be with the Lord last September, only 38 years old, stricken with polio five days before. He accepted Christ several years ago down on the farm as a result of listening to you, and he was a true Christian. I have two little ones to bring up, And I ask your prayers that the Lord may continue to comfort and strengthen me and give me wisdom. That's a sweet letter. And may God bless that young woman as she goes on. From Dallas, Texas, a man who was an alcoholic writes... Dear Dr. Fuller, I pray earnestly and often that you may be able to continue your revival hour, which has meant so much to me, aged seventy-five years, and also to my oldest son, aged thirty-six. We have both been habitual drunkards. While listening to your sermon by mere accident, I heard your voice asking all those who were in need of prayer in need of God and his help to just kneel by the radio, and I did, and God answered, and I have been praying ever since, and my boy has become a Christian and has been delivered too. It seems too terrible, though, that I had to live on the very verge of hell and suffering so before finding this great happiness." From Fresno, California, a man writes, Dear Reverend Fuller, I am now 84 years old and it is five years since I lost my sight. I listen every Sunday and the old-fashioned revival hour brings light to my darkness. Counting my blessings, this is one of the greatest. Then this last is just a word from a letter that a lady wrote from Ireland to a friend here in this country and the friend sent it on to us. She said, This is Thursday night, which we look forward to when we get the old-fashioned revival hour from Luxembourg. None of us would miss the program, even though it means late hours, for it comes on from 11 to 12 midnight. Our students stay up for it, too, and one of them was converted the second time that he heard Dr. Fuller speak. That is all I shall have time for today, friends. Jesus
0: Take him to. I took Jesus as my savior, you take him to. I took Jesus as my savior, you take.
3: on your song sheets, please. Let's stand and sing two verses of Meet Me There on the happy golden shore where the faithful part no more when the storms of life are o'er. Meet Me There where loved ones are now in glory departed to be with Christ this past year. We're going to dedicate this song to those of you who have lost the loved ones for a while. But we'll meet on that happy golden shore where there'll be no parting in the days ahead. Sing it out, all two verses. Our son, Daniel Fuller, will lead us in prayer.
4: Our Heavenly Father, we come to thee today thanking thee that thou art not a God afar off, but one that is nigh unto every one of us who calls upon thee in truth. And, Father, we thank thee that there is not a person with any problem within the range of this broadcast whose problem thou canst not solve. Father, we thank thee for thy great gift to the world, the Lord Jesus Christ, the unspeakable gift, And, Father, we know that when he is received into the heart, the heart is made happy and joyful and has peace. And then there is power and wisdom and strength to overcome and surmount any difficulty or any distress. Today we pray especially for those whose homes are under the shadow of war. And we pray that if they do not know the peace of Christ, which alone can pass all understanding, that they may receive him into their hearts today as the message goes forth over this microphone. So, Father, we pray for thy blessing upon this program. May many be saved and come to know that great joyous salvation which thou dost give. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen.
0: On the road, choose a king today. Listening to the old-fashioned revival hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. His message for today is titled "God's Riches and Glory." Open your Bibles to the Book of Ephesians, chapter two, while we rejoin the broadcast. I'll provide information after Dr. Fuller's message on how you can contact us for a copy of today's program or to request a catalog of the gospel music you've heard on the broadcast. preventing the least of His favor, keep the way clear, let nothing be tween. Nothing between in many hard trials. Though the whole world against me convene, watching with prayer and much self denial, I'll triumph. Savior, so that His blessed face may be seen. Nothing preventing the least of His favor. Keep the way clear.
3: May you take your Bibles, please, and turn to the second chapter of Ephesians, verse 4. I'll have time to be speaking upon just the first part of that verse. But God, who is rich in mercy. In Ephesians, the second chapter, God displays his portraits of the believer's spiritual history. First, in verses 1 to 3 and 11 and 12, we find God's portrait of the believer's former position and condition in sin. The first three verses paint a very dark picture of man's past position and condition by nature, that is, spiritually dead, separated from God, worldly, walking, living under the influence of evil spirits in obedience to the prince of the power of the air, doing that which is contrary to the will of God. Sons of disobedience, living in sinful pleasures by nature, children of wrath, truly a dark, hopeless outlook, upon such the wrath of God abides, For John 3.18 tells us, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John 3.36, He that believeth on the Son hath, present tense, everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, But the wrath of God abideth on him. And to you, my unsaved friend, God is speaking. And unless you repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you personally will experience the wrath of God. But wait just a moment. On Calvary's cross, the Lord Jesus stood in your place instead. And God poured out his wrath upon his Son. He who knew no sin becoming sin for you, sinless yet becoming sin. And the Lord Jesus bore your sins in his own body, that you might be free. And now by receiving Christ as your personal Savior, you pass from death, from spiritual separation, to life eternal. And then you will know the truth of Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. I just wanted to catch you, you my unsaved friend, before you turn the radio off. You're not going to turn it off now. And so we who are saved say thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And the greatest gift of all is the free gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus. Let's bow our heads in a moment of prayer. Our Father, burn these words in the hearts of every unsaved person. We just feel compelled to stop and ask Thee through the Holy Spirit and bring conviction right now that souls, many of them, O God, speak to them, will be saved. For we ask it in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. In Ephesians, again the second chapter, verses 4 to 10, we find God's portrait a brighter picture, a picture with eternal hope of the believer's present position and condition in grace. Verses 1 to 3, the believer's former position in sin. Verses 4 to 10... The believer's present position in grace. Now in verses 1 to 3, the Holy Spirit, the master artist, paints a very dark picture. And if the scriptures stopped there, we truly would be without hope, without Christ, without God forever. Lost souls doomed to spend the coming eternal ages in outer darkness without God and without Christ. But wait, in verse 4 there are two words that change the picture from double darkness, from hopelessness, from utter despair, to one of the brightness of the noonday sun, to one full of blessed hope, to one of joyful blessedness. Here in verse 4 we see man helpless, despairing of his own condition, turning in his extremity to God, forsaking all earthly temporal helps and foundations, and forsaking all of man's wisdom and reasonings, coming to God, the Eternal One, the Almighty One, the all-wise God. No two words are, but God, but God. And I trust this Christmas season that those two words will never leave you and in your extremity turn to Ephesians 2, 4 and read what God has done and can do in his intervention and interposing his precious blood for you. The two words transforms the picture from night to day. But God, divine mercy saves him for our glorious eternity, and as Hosea the prophet of old said, "O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself, but in me is thine help." And may these two words never leave you, but ring out in the night time, and ring out when you're at wits' end's corner, and ring out when there's no way out seemingly. May you look up and realize God is still on the throne and all things are possible with Him. But God, the God, the eternal existing One, without beginning or ending, God comes to the rescue of fallen, sinful humanity. That humanity now walking in darkness, now energized in the, in the walking by Satan, the prince of the power of the air, God steps into the scene. Sinners living in the lusts of the flesh. No peace like the troubled sea casting up mire and dirt, but God. You read the latter part of the fourth chapter of Mark how the disciples were in the boat to go to the other side of the sea and Jesus was in the boat asleep and great waves and winds broke upon the little ships and they We're about to perish, and Peter rises and says, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Jesus awoke and arose, and rebuked the winds and the waves, and there was great peace. All the difference in the world, whether you have Jesus, the Son of God, in your boat. So look unto Jesus, helpless, hopeless one, now in despair, look unto him and be saved. And no matter how deep, how far away, how seemingly hopeless, how despairing if things may be, God is not willing that you should perish. And sinners to you who are doing the desires of the flesh and of the mind, leading your own life, selfish, all for self, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, stop. God is speaking. God wants to come in. Let Him come in and change your life from one of selfishness to one of glorious sacrifice for Him. As I was meditating upon these verses and studying these two words, but God, somehow these words of Romans 5, 8 to 10 came to me with wonderful freshness. Listen, but God, commendeth His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved through Him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by and through His resurrection life. In your natural unregenerated state, you are sinners, enemies, afar off. But God came to seek and to save that which is lost. And we notice in that fourth verse, but God being rich in mercy. And that word mercy means pity or compassion. And here in these few words, the Holy Spirit gives us a wonderful insight into the loving, eternal heart of God. In 2 Corinthians 1-3, God is referred to as the Father of Mercy. And later in that epistle in the 7th chapter, verse 18, we find these words that He delights in mercy. And then, going back to the Old Testament, how beautiful that David, king over Israel after committing a great sin, David prays to the Lord as follows, to blot out His transgressions according to the multitude of of His tender mercies. David prayed, blot out my transgressions according to Thy tender mercies. Again in Romans ten twelve the Lord, the same Lord is rich unto all that call upon him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And again in Psalms one hundred and three, eight to twelve, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy towards them that fear Him. So far as the east is removed from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us. For like as a father pitieth, has mercy on his children, So the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. Unsaved friend, God's not willing that you should perish. God's not willing that you should perish. And the word mercy not only means pity, but compassion. And that word compassion means to come along the side of or to suffer with. And as I was praying over this message, the second chapter... Of Exodus came to my, or the third chapter of Exodus came to my mind. And in these words, when God was speaking to Moses about going unto Pharaoh the king over Egypt, and to command Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go, we find these words. Listen, how personal. I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt. God saw it. I have heard their cry by the reason of their taskmasters. I know their sorrows. I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, to bring them up out of the land unto a good land, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Behold, I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians pre- oppressed them. Come now, I will send thee unto Pharaoh. And the thing that I love about that passage is the personality, the personal attitude. I have seen, I have heard, I know, I am come down, I will bring them up. And the cry is, Come unto me. And he can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And He is our great high priest and Jesus the same yesterday and today and forever. I want you to know that He knows our sorrows. He knows our heartaches. And there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. Now God is rich, is rich in mercy, in pity, in compassion. Come unto me, He said. I have seen the young, and now I am old, said the psalmist of old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful, for goodness and mercy, pity and compassion shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so, outside of Christ, Without hope, without God, and without Christ, I plead with you in this Christmas season to come to the blood-sprinkled mercy seat and to come and be saved. For God has prepared the way through Christ, the new and living way. He said, I am waiting to give you the greatest gift of all ages, the gift of eternal life, Through Christ. But God, God steps into the scene. And never until you come to a place to realize that you are a sinner, condemned, without hope, afar off, alienated, and cut off from the life that's in Christ, never will you come to a place of salvation until first of all, you recognize your need before God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. No one's stirring, please. But God, who is rich in mercy, stands ready to receive you and accept you. For him that cometh unto me, God says, I'll in no wise cast out. Will you come? I'm closing just a few seconds early to specially plead with the radio audience today out across the nation in this old, troubled, war-torn, heartbroken world, that God is rich in mercy and pity and compassion, waiting for you to come and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Christ's sake. Oh, believers in the nations, pray that thousands will kneel for their radios right now. And give their hearts to the Lord Jesus. And find him plenteous in mercy. Willing to receive. Willing to come in and dwell in the hearts. Willing to have the Holy Spirit take complete charge of their temples. And for them to walk worthy then of the vocation wherewith they're called. From darkness to the new day sun. Through God who is rich in pity and compassion. While our heads are bowed here in this visible audience here in Long Beach, pray with us out in the radio audience, wherever you may be, in the homesteads, up in the canyons, or in the cars rolling by the highways. Wherever you may be, give your heart to Christ today. Say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, and save me for Christ's sake. I'm standing here in God's stead, beseeching men and women to be reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. Dare you turn your back upon the greatest of all gifts? Continue in prayer as we leave the air. This is Charles E. Fuller bidding you goodbye and God's richest blessing upon you.